1: Welcome in to the DNBR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code DNBR to sign up for a new account when you get amazing odds boost every single day. Avs pull it out. They get back into the win column in, uh, let's call it unorthodox fashion in the way they get there. But they do beat the Blues <laughs> 3-2 to in overtime in the end in a game that, well, I won't spoil it. I'll let Jesse do the rundown since <laughs> he so kindly signed up for it today.
2: Yeah, uh, I will. Oh, going right away. I don't, I didn't get an are you ready like everyone else seems to get. Uh, really, this this was a, a slow-moving game, I think, intentionally by the Avs. Um, all jokes aside, through the first 50 minutes of play, uh, Miko Rantanen grabs that two-on-one in the second period uh, with Jean-Luc Foudy. Good on him to jump up into the play. Uh, nice shot by Rantanen held onto it, and really that was all of the high-danger stuff that had happened through 50 minutes, Kale McCarr takes a double minor for high sticking. Kind of an unfortunate. Just caught Jordan Cairo in the right slash wrong spot. Double minor, double minor. Uh, Tarasenko scores a beautiful goal right off the draw. Avs get a power play late, but give the shorthanded goal on a terrible sequence with a horrible turnover right in the neutral zone. Avs score right before the game ends. Miko Rantanen gets his second in the game. Then 29 seconds into overtime, Miko Rantanen on the doorstep. Completes the hat trick for the win. What a pass! That yeah. Game yeah, what a pass! Shot pass. It was
1: definitely a pass, all the way. I mean, it was really a shot pass, honestly. But
2: shooting for a rebound, way to go to the net,
1: yeah. Jesse. You and I were talking right before we went on live. It was almost a devastating loss, but in the end, it turns out to be like a more hype win than you yeah. ever could have gotten yeah. any yeah. other way.
2: So we got within four minutes of the game ending and the four of us were all saying okay, you have to get a point and Rudo asked the question, is one point good enough? And we all kind of agreed given the circumstance, given what's happened the last week, if you get to overtime and you all, all you end up with is one <laughs> point, it has to be good enough but given where the game was you ha- we all agreed, you have to get at least one. You get that power play late and you're sitting there saying okay, maybe they can win this in regulation and keep from giving the Blues any kind of uh, you know, point in the standings, anything like that. You have this horrible breakdown of a breakout that all culminates in JT Confer losing an edge and, you know, kind of springing Brandon Sod on this little mini half breakaway. And you're like, oh, my gosh, is that really how you're going to lose this on the road with a shorthanded goal on just this terrible breakdown of a play? And so it goes from what could be soul-crushing to, I, you know, I can't even imagine how upset Jared Bednar would be that they lose it on that kind of a breakdown. Two, they call a timeout. The leaders on that bench rally together. And what we've seen the leaders on this team, Nathan McKinnon, Gabe Landiscog at time, Kale McCarr, what we've seen those guys do is say, Cool, I'm taking over. We're not losing this game. And Miko Rantanen comes out of that, that huddle and says, Yeah, over my dead finish body, will we lose <laughs> this game? And finds a way to put two pucks in the back of the net by going to the net taking some abuse to get there, and finding pucks in traffic. And it, it goes from being this terrible story to this is why this team won the Stanley Cup six months ago. It's because they've got people like that on this team in that locker room. Everyone is bought into that philosophy that, cool, you, you, we're selling out now. You're, you're, you're going to the net. This is it. Like We've lost four games in a row. This is five. You have 90 seconds to go fix that. And they did. Like th- This is why this team... Who's had the success that they've had in the last 18 months. It was all summed up there in the last 90 seconds and then first 30 seconds of overtime. So, uh, fun fact,
1: the dead body of a moose would actually be quite
2: hard to move (laughs) because uh, they weigh a lot. (laughs) Yes, they do. (laughs) They're huge. They're so much bigger than you even, like... Even knowing the joke of how big they are. Right. They're so so much bigger than you think. They
1: are thick animals, (laughs) to say the least. Megan and Blaze... We will get into the nitty-gritty of the negatives and positives in a little bit. But on the whole, all positive tonight? Or is there something more you wanted to see? When
3: you addressed both of us, I thought this was going to be to answer for Charles Houdon in some way. <laughs>
2: <laughs> what do you guys have to say? Yeah. About him, About specifically.
1: Him. Yeah. Over to the homie couch, real quick. <laughs> yeah, 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 Honestly, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. yeah, make sure you get that banner above their heads for the video pod. Right.
1: I,
3: and you know what? I'm ready to answer for him. <laughs> It was pretty low-event hockey all around. So I look, and the physicality was there for him tonight. Didn't produce as many shot attempts as we're used to seeing Houdon specifically, but the physicality made up for it, and I'm not unsatisfied with this outing from Charles Houdon individually.
1: Cool. (laughs) How about the rest of the team? End of the
3: show. (laughs) (laughs) No. Uh, It's hard because a lot of this game was uneventful and there were some flashes of things that we like to see with hudan foodie i but th- there were some people that were less visible to me personally um but i maybe don't want to get into that too yet
1: <laughs> sure so uh, th- on the whole though <laughs> does it matter how this bread got made or does it just matter that the Avs got two points I mean, I think
0: it matters a little bit how the bread got made. There is a little concern there, right? Like, if you look at what's going on right now, it's Mikko Rantanen doing a lot of work and no one it else. Um, what's positive, though, is the team defense looks a lot better. Obviously, they let two goals in. One was a fluke goal that, you know, mm-hmm. JT Comfer loses an edge, like like you were okay. talking about. You do that. Run it back a hundred times;
1: <laughs> it happens once. It's, so. right, right. it's genuinely tough to blame the defense for either goal the Avs gave up. Yeah. I think, so, and, yeah. and we'll get to that.
2: Yeah, so uh, we're, I didn't want to. No,
0: that's fine. Go. I'm a man of few words.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: I, I was gonna say for me, I, I the Miko and being the one to get all three goals like that doesn't bother me in the slightest. I, I really am. I'm just stepping back and looking at. You really don't. Have any anybody in this lineup that I would say I'm expecting a lot of production out of outside of Miko Rantanen, and then I'll I'll now put Val Nichushkin back into that with the caveat of he's coming back after missing 17 games. It's clear he's still shaking off the rust, but yeah. I think it's fair to have some level of production expectations on him. Past that, Arturi Lehtinen was not brought to the Abs to be like a high level producer. He has produced like a top six forward since he's gotten here. but uh, you know, I, I don't I'm not expecting like super high level production out of him on a nightly basis. Then the rest of this lineup, for me, you're looking to be competitive on every shift, generate chances every now and then. But for the most part, they made it a game. Uh, but for the most part, you are looking for those lines. To generate some energy and keep the other team off the score sheet, uh, and, and to me, I, I watched tonight's game, and I, I think all of those expectations for me were met. I thought, I thought the houdon Foodie line had some good moments, uh, especially early in the game, yeah. coming back on the back check with speed. Uh, you know, using their speed to transition the game up ice. Again, it's Foodie who's up on that two-on-one with Miko Rantanen. Uh, and and you got what you needed out of your checking lines. you know we'll talk about Logan O'Connor here in a minute. Uh, but you got what you needed. I thought that was a really solid game. We talked last week you're gonna have to win these games without Nathan McKinnon plus all the other injuries, you're gonna have to win these games two to one, three to two, three to one these low scoring yep. games. And that was what the Avs found a way to pull out. I, I think especially because you got the result you did. it would have been nice to win it late in regulation without having to go through all that. But I think this is almost as good as you could ask for out of what you have to put forward against a blues team that plays well against you on the road. So I want
1: to extrapolate on you kind of touched on it with Foodie being in on that two on one with Miko. What alleviates my problem here a little bit is you look at these score lines. Miko's first goal assisted by New Hook and Hunt. Miko's second goal assisted by Confer and Taves. Miko's third goal assisted by Makar and Nechushkin.
2: So it's not like
1: those other guys you need to producing aren't there not producing at all. They're getting involved in these critical plays. With that being said, it's been more than two full games since the last goal scored by someone not named Miko Rantanen for the Colorado (laughs) Avalanche. Right. How much of that is, okay, this is a problem, and how much of that is, can we please just get healthy players back?
2: I'm sorry. I I know I'm talking a lot right now, but to me, it's not, nothing is, it is a, I, you can't look at anything right now as a long-term problem. Given this group, like I said, I think you need at least two more guys out of your top six back before you can start pointing at things saying, all right, this is something that you need to address right now. You're, you're, you're really Megan. You and I have talked about it. You're trying to kind of like remold a, a new team into your bottom six.
3: I think I am inclined to agree, too, because we talked about how just having Natushkin back alleviated a lot of tension because guys were able to move back down in the lineup to a more appropriate role that they were built to play. And I think we see this bottom six is beginning to resemble what it's going to look like later in the season. And once some consistency is injected back into the lineup, it'll get easier. It's interesting though, something like, well, I don't think Charles Houdon is a long-term plan. Probably not. But seeing Houdon, Foodie, and Myers have some chemistry in tonight's game, it does bode well for the future because that probably is going to be a line where I'm sure one of those sticks, probably Ben Myers, is just my guess. And The talent around him elevates as healthy guys return to the lineup. And I like to see what this teases. I like to see Foodie going to the net front and Myers trying to clean up the rebound right before him six minutes into the first period. That was one of my favorite periods. I love to see the confidence in those young players. It's kind of who they represent. I know Charles Houdon is is in a different category from them in that regard, but that's sort of what this type of game reveals to me at least and why I'm not necessarily concerned, but I'm not elated over the game either.
1: I think you bring up a good point. Systemically, I think the Avs did a pretty good job. You know, in the third period, you even saw EJ crashing the net down there in the dangerous (laughs) areas. So again, I don't really mind the process. It's just... Puck's got to start going in eventually, right? (laughs) Well, I mean, when you're one-dimensional
0: and you're scoring through one player, what are teams going to start to do? They're going to say, Okay, let's take away Mikko Rantanen and, and score on us. Yep. And that's my concern. Like, I, I, no concern today. Like, For sure. great. But, like, people are going to catch on if you're one dimensional. It's just, that's how they're going to game plan we'll the see, avalanche.
2: And this is where I, I, I just do, just, we've seen too much maturity out of this team. And, oh, by the way, they still have several other, like, high end players right. that are, eh, maybe not in the lineup right now, but cool. You're going to key on. if. if you're gonna take what you're gonna eliminate Miko ranton on the power play. Kale McCarr is just gonna hammer pucks from out high. You know, you you have yeah. Valenchushkin back down low. Like the they're gonna start getting enough pieces that I'm just not worried about that. You need Miko Ranton, and he's your de facto, he is your best player offensively right now. He is your go-to yeah. guy. You need you need your go to guys to get you through some rough patches. The abs are they're plugging a lot of holes. If this goes two more games, I'm with you. Yeah. It's like okay, <laughs> someone <laughs> something's got to give here somewhere. But you know, th- th- I thought the I thought the team played well against New York, and I thought the Agree. team had a good game here today. Not perfect, a few mistakes here and there. They had a good game. They held on long enough that your stars need to come through. You only got one up front right now, and and he came up big. And then I love your point, Rudo, of you had six different. Contributors on the uh, back end of those, on, on yeah. each, you know, combined across the three yeah. goals, and the biggest one, the winner, is from Kale McCarr and Valenachushkin. Yep, you got the contributions from the big name players that you needed, uh, and and Miko Rantanen, the guy that everyone gets frustrated with because he can go quiet when he has the ability to be an elite player, showed up as an elite player.
1: He did. We'll we'll talk about Miko a little bit more um, a little bit later. Uh, For obvious reasons. But for now, we are brought to you by Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. You can find it at your local liquor store. Use the Breck Beer Locator online at breckbrew.com. Be sure to check out their nice list too. They're doing a bunch of giveaways for the Christmas season. So go check out on that. Go win some beer or some dope merch or a bunch of other stuff with Breck Brew. Uh, one of our favorites. Going to be drinking a lot of that when we take the party bus down to Ball Arena for my birthday. Less than uh, less than a week away now, December 17th, this Saturday. It's happening. So if you want to come have a party time at the Avs game with uh, the DNVR crew, it's the place to be. We're also partying afterward at the bar because, you know, it's what you do. But hopefully you guys can come have fun with us. There are a few tickets left to the game. If you want to purchase those as part of the party bus deal, go to dnvrlocker.com and we have some seats left for those of you that already have tickets but just want to ride the bus to and from the game with us and of course brought to you by game time if you're not getting your tickets through the party bus you can get them through game time to the abs and any other sporting event in the country you can get up to 60 percent off price with game time so great deals Join over 15 million people that use it with the link down in the description of the video. They also have a bunch of great features. They can show you what the seat looks like, show you how things are all set up around the arena. So go check out Game Time, download their app, do all the good stuff. Make sure you know, let them know we sent you with the link in the description. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. First two periods, low event Are we viewing that as strictly positive? Jesse, I know you were saying that's kind of the way they have to play right now. All good, or would you like to see the Avs be a little bit more aggressive?
3: I really liked the first period, too, of those two periods, just in terms of possession and opportunities generated. So I didn't have a criticism of that. Obviously, in the second, because it is such a low-scoring game, that's where you start to have more concerns about how low-event it was. Um, And the... St. Louis, I don't want to... It felt a lot more evenly killed, evenly matched in that frame, Um, and so that's where I would have liked to see the Avs apply just a little more pressure so they didn't find themselves in the precarious situation that they ended up in in the third.
0: Yeah, you got to love the first period, right? Like, there's a five-on-three situation against the Avs. Yep. They kill that. That's huge, especially it was right around the... Well, I know this, but right around the, what, nine-minute mark, eight-minute mark (laughs) that this happened. (laughs) One of my bets might have... You know, (laughs) just barely, (laughs) just barely. It it was a little squeaky there, but you know, you got to feel good about that. And then, um, yeah, low event hockey when you're injured. Great. Take that every day Mm -hmm. on the defensive side. That means that they're keeping people to the outside. They're not getting good looks, good shots on net. And that's what you need right now, especially Mm -hmm. when you're having trouble on the other end of the ice.
1: And this kind of brings us to the point that I want to make where, both of the goals the Avs give up are freak things. Certainly the first one, the mistake there is Kale McCarr's penalty, which is a bit of a weird one. At the end of the day, yes, you do need to be in control of your stick. It's on yeah. Kale. He needs to do a better job there. But it's not a penalty where you go, wow, he just did something dumb. <laughs> well,
2: and it's, it's it's even more unfortunate because it, it really did. It looked like it yeah. just barely caught the tip of Jordan Kyrie's nose, and it, it really does. It looks like it like sliced him with like the you know, his blade coming across the bottom. So it was just a... It really it kind of embodied how the power play went for the abs two. It was like, wow. I was like, three, three, three things in succession that, like, you can't have happen that exact way. <laughs> yeah. A couple of those things you can have happen, but if they happen all like that, it's really bad. And that was just kind of an unfortunate one. That, yeah. I guess it being a double didn't really end up yeah.
1: they They did a good job to kill the second one. Credit there. I, I genuinely have no problems. Like, the Avs defended well. You put Tarasenko at an impossible angle, and he just puts an incredible shot on that. Like,
2: Sometimes these really good hockey players do really cool <laughs> things. <laughs>
1: Not much more than that to say about about the first goal. It is what it is. You tip your cap. You try to move on from it. And really, the Avs did at, at five yeah. on five. They continued to play fine after after letting that goal in. You just have the disaster on the power play. And this one, I think everyone is at fault for. I blame the refs.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that one linesman can also get a small share of everyone else in that in succession. Because he did get in the way twice. <laughs> and I do want to talk about this.
1: The entire play. Because, yes, Comfort blows a tire. Brandon Saad gets in because of it. that. But there's a whole (laughs) lot more that led up to this. Jesse, you were talking about it on the watch along. St. Louis taking away the drop pass on their penalty kill.
2: So, what was especially frustrating about that play to me is the Avs were one of the early adopters of the drop pass because they had the personnel to do it. Yep. It started with Tyson Berry and Nathan McKinnon. And they really didn't even run it that full time on their second unit because they understood we have... Two players, with the unique skill sets, one of them can bring speed that really drives guys back when he has a puck on a stick. And then you had Tyson Berry, who was skilled enough and quick enough that also caused uh, opposing teams to have to respect him in the neutral zone and cause them to back off. So it was this weird kind of combination that a bunch of teams have adopted as the league's gotten faster, et cetera, et cetera. Well, it's even more so that now with Kale McCarr. So the entire point of that drop pass is the, the, the theory behind it is the lead player with the puck is supposed to be a threat to take the puck to the neutral zone. And we've seen Cale McCard do it several times. Yep. There's the goal from last year against Philadelphia, where he takes the fact that Philly is trying to cut off that drop pass and says, cool, you're going to hang two guys back spaced out. I will take all this open ice. So that play starts coming up the ice, and St. Louis was obviously selling out to take away the drop pass. So, one, I don't know why Kale didn't just skate that, but he made the second outlet pass there. It, the the abs, that drop play is meant that if you don't have the drop pass, there's help on the wall, and the pass to the wall is supposed to suck everyone in there, and then that player can hit the trailing guy coming through the neutral zone with speed. So Kale opts... Ops for the, the the second option there, where he hits Arturi Lekkinen on the wall. Arturi Lekkinen then just kind of throws nothing. up, yeah. <laughs> and and really he was he he didn't have the drop pass either. St. Louis's forechecker did a good job of taking that away. You're on the offensive side of the red line. If you really had nothing, get that puck in deep. Now Arturi Lekkinen tried to kind of walk it up the wall to free up a lane somewhere else, and ended up kind of getting into a half collision with the ref after. Whoever that was coming back from St. Louis got a stick on it. So, you know, the linesman there didn't help, but that really wasn't the crux of the issue. And then McCarr comes in and tries to throw the puck now to the trailer because things have broken totally down, but he's at a weird angle. The puck's in tight on him, and I think he also hit the linesman. So it ends up just kind of be this muffin of a pass. Then (laughs) JT Comfort blows a tire, (laughs) and... You know, he's not able to recover in time. Brandon Saad's able to get inside position, but to me, that whole breakdown came where it just seemed like, for whatever reason, both Kale McCarr and Arturi Lekkanen delayed a a second to two seconds each in their decision-making there when the first option for that play, which is the drop pass, didn't present itself, and that really led to this just horrible sequence of events. Um... Again, the whole purpose of having Kale McCarr being the one that leads that puck in the neutral zone is skate. Yeah. And then Arturio Leganin, you're positioned where you are so that if you have no outlet, you are, you are legally allowed to get that puck in deep. You're not going to ice it. And neither of them kind of took their, their last option there um, to get the puck as far away from their net as possible. And that's what happens. It ends up in the back of your net on weird, fluky stuff like that.
1: Multiple bad decisions, multiple terrible executions. Right. One pretty unlucky event. Right. <laughs> it's a lot of things going wrong there.
2: And I, I've been a firm believer. I, I had a coach tell me at a, at a young age, because we were all mad this one game. Uh, you know, like it was a team that we, we should have beat, and we lost. And we were like, oh, well, they got all the bounces. We were just so unlucky. And we had a coach tell us, look, you make your own luck. They outworked you. Yep. Like, you you earn your bounces. And when you make that many mental errors one right after another, you're not moving your feet. Again, Arturi Lekinen, he's coming back after a few games off. If you're going to drive that puck up the wall to the blue line, you got to get your legs churning. you got to drive that puck into the zone. And he kind of half decided, I don't really know what I'm going to do. So he skipped up the boards a little bit, never actually got it into the zone you gotta, you got to be sure when you're going to make decisions I, like that in the neutral zone.
1: I want to bring it back to JT Comfort. Am I being too harsh for thinking he should have been able to do more defensively on that play? I get it. He blows a tire. All I'm saying is Nathan McKinnon, I've never seen him blow a tire back there, but I'm willing to give that <laughs> up to it's a freak thing that happens sometimes. Really would have liked to see Comfor find a way to get himself back in that play. If it's me, am I being too harsh or do you, you guys want to see better there?
0: Are you talking like full sellout? Like yeah. Should he have <laughs> taken like the trip and gone,
1: okay. I mean, try something. Don't just get beat clean. I mean, I think he was trying he was, That's yeah, yeah, he was to. That's hard though. He trying like to get his stick around,
3: but he, yeah, Saad had the inside and he, I saw him reaching his stick around, but he was trying not to <sighs> get another penalty drawn. Yeah. And, and I again, was just
0: about to talk. Oh, sorry. Sorry. No, wow! No, so go ahead. Go ahead. rude, Blaze. I, I, Unbelievable. Sorry. I was
3: just correcting myself.
0: I'm gonna, I'm gonna excuse myself from this pod.
2: Damn, I thought you were gonna say I was just correcting you. I thought you were no, gonna, no, I was just correcting what you were saying. No, I was just, oh. looking,
0: I was about to say like, look at what the Abs do. Like Brandon Saad hasn't been, he's been real quiet this year, and then that happened, and he got the gold. Yeah. Well of, it happens. Of right? course it's sod. Yeah. Of course it is. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: so no no real problems with Comfort, then, other than unlucky blow skate. I mean,
0: yeah, it is unlucky. Like that happens. Like your skate goes out from underneath you. You're on ice. Mm-hmm. Even the best players in the world, that has happened to them. Just the worst possible moment that it could happen. Yeah.
2: Well, and I, I guess I guess you could say to answer your question, like, could he have <laughs> you know, tried to, like, take a little bit of an outside and dive to try to scoop a puck away. Sure, but I guess at that point, the question becomes, are you okay with him taking the penalty in that moment if it goes that way and taking it to four-on-four and hope that they don't award a penalty shot there? I don't know if they would have um, because they were kind of, like, tied up. But, like, so I guess that's the question is, would you rather see him, and maybe your answer is yes. It's not the most egregious penalty you could take, but, like, would you rather see him in that situation sell out, take the penalty, and go, to, go down to four on four and try to just get to overtime? The hilarious part is you end up with the same yeah, results
1: right. either and way. I, I feel a lot more comfortable having these conversations and assessing blame <laughs> a little bit more harshly because it, worked out.
2: Yeah, it <laughs> worked out. Well,
0: it's just hard to say that, too, right? Because you don't, if he would have done that and taken the penalty, you didn't know that the goal was going to be scored right there.
2: Right. Maybe they score on the power play with 10 seconds left. Yeah, and you're like, oh, yeah. what a bad penalty to take. Yeah, right. yeah. It's impossible
1: to know the future like that, okay. for right. sure. Right. But right. um, but
2: but that but that is – and that's where, again, because it works out and they win the game and JT Confer's involved mm, on the game-time yeah. goal, that's where you said – It you're definitely
1: like, absolves.
2: Right. You're <laughs> like, wow, what a great play to not take the penalty. Yeah. How smart. <laughs> How do, you know they had faith that they'd be able to get it back? Faith in the goaltender. Yeah, yeah. When you, when you win, you get to say all kinds of like,
1: <laughs> which leads into that play. The Avs go down 2-1, aren't able to convert on the the remaining power play itself after giving up the shorty, but keep the pressure up and then get rewarded. I'm not gonna say it was pretty. I'm not gonna say it was even a particularly good play, but they get the puck to the front of the net. They have two bodies in there. And as we've as we've heard a lot right now, just outworked St. Louis to get that goal back.
0: I mean, good things happen. Like you're always talking about getting the puck into the home plate, and especially where the point of the home plate comes. Good things happen. I mean, it wasn't good, right? Like the puck <laughs> hit JT Comfort in the chest, <laughs> hand region area, bounced down, and just a lucky little yeah. melee behind Bennington there to.
2: Have them score. Yeah, and, and and it is, it's it's everything. Oh, I'm so sorry, Megan. No, 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 nope. it's
3: okay. I don't have much to say. Go, 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 go. I was just going to say, I think, too, this is why Comfort not taking a penalty to defend against Sod is important because they're able to control possession in the zone the way that they do for this tying goal because of the expiration of the power play mm-hmm. and just being able to apply more pressure in the offensive zone. That yeah, was it. Yeah, yeah. You're,
2: not, you're not down to four on four. And, I don't, yeah,
3: yeah, I don't know it's a guarantee that they can sustain zone pressure then if mm-hmm. it's four on four they're yeah. defending against.
2: Yeah, well, and, and it's it's everything that you were saying there, Blaze, about, you know, yeah, you get some some funny bounces, but going back to you earn your bounces, yep. they got the puck to the home plate area, and then JT Comfer and Miko Rantanen We're in behind every St. Louis Blues (laughs) player in terms of getting to the front. They actually like box the Blues out of their own crease.
1: Well, and part of that hard work and a good fortunate bounce because of it, a Blues helmet pops off. Right. 15 (laughs) seconds left. Yeah. It kind of becomes a pseudo six on four at that point. Oh, yeah, that's right. The Avs are able to take advantage of that. Now,
2: did this puck hit JT Comfort's glove? Is that a hand pass if it did? So, from the, <laughs> oh, from, I don't remember what angle it is, it looks to me, and it looked to me pretty definitively, that it went off of his chest or upper arm. And then hit him again. And then came yeah. down and went off the cuff roll on his glove. Now, I, I, I don't know how any reasonable official <laughs> can look at that and declare that a hand pass. Now I will also say, <laughs> I think it hitting off of his cuff roll caused it to change direction <laughs> and go in the direction that, that the abs, abs eventually needed it, it to. Kind
0: of but right. I, I, like, did it things ever hit are, his, you know, his hand? Though? Though. The no. glove region of the hand, not no, the it, wrist. It, it,
2: and it it actually did look like it hit the yeah, the, yeah. the cuff that you know, that's sitting a little bit off of his you know, his forearm. So I, I think it was I think it was a hit his glove, but sure. I don't think that actually hit any part of his, like, his fingies, you know? <laughs> fingies.
1: <laughs> if, if the puck had gone directly in the net, I think it's a good goal for sure. Yeah. Because it wouldn't have been, like, an intentional anything. Right.
2: But we've seen some hand passy style stuff get called back before. See, and that was another one that I would have been annoyed had they taken that back for a hand-pass. I would have been annoyed at the application of the rule to that because if you want to say it went off his glove, therefore it's inherently a hand pass, that is not what the hand pass rule is in place for. It is not there. You know, that's like, that's not within the spirit of the rule. It was it, The rule was created because San Jose was blatantly cheating. Right, right, right. Because, <laughs> because someone intentionally advances the puck to a teammate with the palm of their hand, and that's why that rule was put in place. It was not put in place to... Take goals away that inadvertently went off of part of your equipment. Like, that's so. I thought they, I thought everyone got it right there. And I also think that's why St. Louis doesn't challenge that. Yep. In in, yeah. in the dying seconds.
0: Well, that's a hard challenge to win after they're reviewing it to make sure that it's a good goal. Like, I understand yeah. where you could try, like, your.
2: Now, but now, the. the little my,
0: amount of. Hope there.
2: I guess. I guess because you're challenging for a hand pass is a little bit different. But like we have seen in the past, a goal be reviewed by Toronto yep. deemed a goal and then immediately challenged by the coach for something yeah. else yeah. and then waved off. But you are correct that it'd be. But hard that's usually like
0: an offside, something or, that's or away from interference the, yeah, or something. the yeah. immediate play.
2: I'll say because I imagine that part of what Toronto was checking for there was was any part of this yeah. for, the, I, I for
1: the most part, all Toronto can do is check if the puck legally entered the net
2: in a review situation and it, like that. It's, yeah. it's
1: fast and loose and exactly what that covers, <laughs> but generally it does not cover the things that you can challenge. Yeah. Um, other part of that. I forget Megan. Are you a believer in the clutch gene or no?
3: Yeah, but, <laughs> but I think it requires more explanation than me just saying yes right now.
1: Yeah. Go off then. No, I don't, this is not the right time for that <laughs> okay. I think we
3: have different understandings because I've, I've tuned into those pods before <laughs> on like what clutch means. And, right. and there are philosophical differences, I think, in the interpretation of clutch. But I do think there is something to be said for timely goal scoring.
2: To me, it's, it's, it takes, even at the pro hockey level, it takes a certain type of person to want to be in those situations late in games with as much pressure as there is, knowing, like, J. I mean, JT Confer, I'm assuming, is where you're going with this.
1: Uh, Him and Miko both.
2: Yeah. Because JT Confer, for as much shit as he takes from Avs fans, I think there is a very obvious reason why the Avs... Have made him the last man standing from that original like frat line. And he's <laughs> the one that that of those three, when that when that line was first put together, would probably have been everyone's first guess at, yeah, he's probably gone first. And he's the reason he's persevered is because he has that desire where he just like, you know, it's the the, the ice in their veins thing. JT Conford just is not afraid of the moment. He's not afraid to go stand in front of the net where he knows in in in, in the Stanley Cup playoffs. In an NHL regular season game in St. Louis where there's a bit of a rivalry, he knows he's going to go to the front of the net and get the shit beat out of him, because the team's going to sell out to try to win a game, and it just doesn't bother him, and he wants the puck on his stick, and not everyone is like that. And to me, that is where you, it's, it's why you end up with players that are what are you doing over there? What? What's it, what are you? What's happening over what, here? What are you talking? I'm about? watching you send text messages no, and grinning over here. No, 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 no,
1: no. <laughs> <laughs> we we won. The uh, yeah. Habs won. Yeah. Yeah. Jesse's yeah. actually setting up a perfect but, segue here.
2: I, I was gonna say. Uh, no, but you can. Start. But like that to me is is what I don't know if you want to call it a clutch gene or whatever, but that to me is what it is. It's the guys who are out there in, in the situation of hockey. They want to be out there late. They want those moments of pressure, and in those moments of pressure, they want the puck on their stick, because I'm telling you, there are, even in the NHL, there are guys on that bench who, I don't want to use the word afraid, but they're sitting there like, ugh, I don't want to be the one that goes out there and and makes the mistake that that gives up the empty net goal. I don't want to whatever. And then you have guys that are like, yeah, I'm not afraid to make that mistake. Because I think that I'm going to go out Do you there really and bear
0: that, that At the NHL level, there's that because most yeah. of those guys have been the I'm the man. Right. Growing up throughout, you know, but, every league that they played well, in, they're the guy. Like,
2: go ahead. So
1: this is the conversation I want to have about Miko. Yeah. Because look at the first goal Miko scores. It's a two-on-one. It's from outside. Unbelievable shot. He's got all the talent in the world. But you compare that goal to the goals he ends up scoring later in this game. This is not casual, floaty, I'm going to be a all-skill, yeah. no-physicality player. The Miko, who's just a beast and is going to stand in the crease and no one can knock him over, shows up. And look, I get it. With the room that the Avs have, certainly vocally, Miko isn't really a leader in that room as much as guys like Landy or EJ or even Cogliano. But him being the star that's healthy on the team right now, he needs to do that and lead by example yeah how important was it for miko not even to score the hat trick and help the evs win the games but show the effort level required here
3: i think it's important i think that's why the clutch conversation Is as controversial as it is because you look at someone like Miko who has the skill upside that the likelihood of them being the goal scorer should be high that it should be someone like that scoring in big moments but even just any moments throughout the game and that's kind of true of Miko tonight but Not everybody can rise to that occasion, not everybody can execute, and it does come down to effort. And in the past, that has been a conversation about is consistency. And I think especially this season, we have seen him show up pretty consistently as needed. And that's pretty difficult to do when the pressure is on because you either got it or you don't. Like everyone knows that this is needed of Miko, but actually being able to fulfill that is a different conversation. And so I do think there's some clutchiness going (laughs) on there.
1: Not full clutch, just some clutching. Because
3: he's knit. just talented, too. Like, okay,
2: the likelihood of it being Nico is very high. Well, see, and, and I think we're, and this is, AJ's argument is like, oh, no, those are just your best players. But, like, again, that to me is, it's stuff like that that separates the truly elite players yeah. from really good players. And And I'm not saying that everybody who's a clutch player is truly elite, but, like, that's why a lot of elite players seem to have that factor to them. And to go back to what you're saying about, yes, I do think that even at the NHL level, there are so many studies out there about the way that hierarchies break down in any given room, let sure. alone an organization or anything like that. And so even when you have a room of 20 guys who have been like alpha males their entire life, well, when you put them in the room, you can't you can't. Like it's only not so possible. many alphas
1: are on the omega grind. Right, set. right, I got right. It. <laughs> just, I understand.
2: It's just not possible to have like twenty people that constantly like yeah. high strung, and so it does it break, it breaks down the same way that it does for every team where they have been the alpha male and there has been one per. And I hate that phrase so much. Um,
0: <laughs> Why do like, you keep
2: saying it then? Well, because like that that, that, that is the only like true descriptor for it. But, like when you're talking about it in in like a large group like that, um, and, and so. Yes, even though they've been the person that wants to be the clutch guy on on every team up until they got to, you know, junior A. Ooh, and then wow, ooh, there's a lot of guys who are really good here. And yeah. damn, that guy can take the putt. You know, it's just that's that's what starts to separate these players out. And it's the it's the players. It's and it's true across a lot of industries, including our industry and like you know the entertainment industry. Where it's like the people who have that drive, who aren't afraid, no matter how good the players are, no matter how big they are, no matter how hard you're going to get beat up going to the net, those players. And that's why Miko Rantanen comes up in this conversation, despite in years past where he's had the effort questions, you sit there and you go, God, he's had a horrible game. And then with 10 seconds left, he's the one that scores to, to, to put the, get the abs ahead or whatever. It's because he's not afraid to be out there. He's had a horrible game. There are players who have, oh, my gosh, I've been terrible. Don't even give me the puck. Miko Ranton can go three straight games being bad, and they go, hey, we need a goal. He's like, cool, give it to me. Yep, I want it. Yeah, And that, to me, is where the clutch thing comes in. And, again, it just so happens to relate to a lot of the best, most elite players because they are the ones who have been able to sift to the top of that hierarchy in a room full of people who have always been at the top of their hierarchy. So
0: can you also say that, like, these injuries that are happening right now for the Avalanche, right, that they're kind of going through, this there's a positive in it for Miko Rantanen, which is that belief that he can carry the team on his back, that he yeah. can be the shooter, that he doesn't always have to defer, that he is that guy because he doesn't have Nathan McKinnon on that line with him. Like you've seen him split him up before, yeah, but he there's a lot of de- always deferring to the other players from Miko, which you know we. I- there's been a few times where we're screaming at him to shoot it, and he's preferring
2: <laughs> giving the pass. He made us so. shoot it, guys, at times, Miko. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I think it's one of those things that this is why you've seen the Avs try him at 2C, right? Yeah. It's, it's what you've seen now over yeah. the last three, four games, where it's like it's in there. Yeah. And I will also say, we talked about it. This was a couple weeks ago. Miko Rantanen did a, a segment in Finland with the Avs social media crew. And he talked about it in there, and Arturi Lekanen talked about it in there, that Mikko Rantanen had a really late-in-life, really yeah. crazy growth spurt where he grew over a foot from his age, like, 17 to 18 year. And he said, it took me it, – it's taken me, he said, several years to get yeah. readjusted to my size. Think about that. You're, you're, a, you're a high-end hockey player advancing through the ranks – you know how you play the way that you you play with the puck on your stick. It's it's a wonder. It's not a wonder why he really when he first came to pro hockey in North America, everyone was like, "Why doesn't this kid use his size? He's six six, going on six seven, and he plays like he's you know five Well, come to find out, because eighteen months before that, <laughs> he was, he five, was ten. five ten. <laughs> like you know, he, like he's a small dude, and yeah. and he grew into this you know huge guy in a summer. And it's now taken him. He's still a relatively young guy. I think he's like 25, 26.
3: This is what Those he go was down there. about. Those go down there. No, they're all,
2: they're you, hey, You can leave it hey. there. It will go to are, waste. Are these actual Jaeger? Or <laughs> my, my entire life I've never given in to peer pressure once. It's not going to start now, Jaeger I'm telling you. Come on, Jesse, no, it's just it. shots. I'm not 16 anymore. I'm just not interested.
0: <laughs> oh, okay.
3: What does that mean?
2: It means you guys. Someone has an extra shot to take, is what that Ruto, means. Rudo looks like he needs yeah, an extra. I shot. Gotta drive home. It's not happening. <laughs> Cheers. You're the one who ordered these. They also, hey, it's winner's cool. shot. It's
0: tradition. Winners. It's yeah, it is a
2: it is a tradition <laughs> for you guys.
1: <sighs> kind of coffee. The coffee just lingers for
0: so long. Yeah.
1: Yeah. On that note, we are brought <laughs> is to you not gonna
0: seriously sit there? by it, Foco. It
1: sure is. <laughs> As Blaze does a double. Uh, if you want oh, bobbleheads,
0: no, heads, I, no I, I, got a, I got a computer.
1: Bobbleheads of these elite clutch gene athletes, you can get them at Foco. I don't know if you can really tell the clutch gene in their likenesses. That one's more of a on-the-inside thing. Broken glass. No, nah, you can see the That wasn't me, lead. by the way.
3: <laughs> you can see the clutch. You, you can mash in the tell. glasses.
1: Yeah. <laughs> all right? I mean, look, you've ever seen Peter Forsberg's eyes? Those things have the clutch gene. Piercing. All right?
2: I'm Piercing. telling
1: you. Baby blues. <laughs> Either way, get all of your sports apparel merch from FOCO.com. Use code DNBR to get free shipping and 10% off your order with them. They have bobbleheads. They got shirts. They got pants. They got Crocs. They got all sorts of crazy stuff. Go check them out. Even if it's not the Evs, they got Broncos stuff. If you really hate yourself and want to buy Bronco's merch, they got it. Uh, also cool. brought to you by the American Raptors, who play over at Infinity Park in Glendale. Go check them out, AmericanRaptors.com. Tickets cost no money. You can go see an American Raptors game for free. It's a great day out on the town. Infinity Park is beautiful. If you haven't been, you got to check it out. It's also awesome to get into rugby. If you want to get into it, follow our boy Colton Strickler, the DNVR Rugby account, on Twitter. They do amazing work there. And if you're new to the sport, they have 101 pods that will teach you, like, what a scrum is and what the thing where they put a guy up on their shoulders is called that I totally know what it's called and don't...
2: It's not that... Um. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, <Jesus> Christ. <laughs> Peter Bott tweeted out a really interesting stat when you're done with this. Buddy. Go for it. No, finish
1: um, your read. Yeah, AmericaRaptors.com. I already got it in there. We're good. <laughs> uh,
2: the ABS have scored with less than 10 seconds in regulation in their previous three games in St. Louis. Miko Rantanen with an empty net goal, two seconds left yep. on May 23rd. Darren Helms, six seconds left in game six, May 27th. Yep. Tonight, Miko Rantanen, nine seconds remaining regulation to tie. Got to remember
1: that home goal. Oh,
2: dude!
1: Also, a team the Avs likes to score hat tricks against.
2: Yeah, yeah. A couple hat tricks in the last few visits to St. Louis. Yep.
1: So, it's pretty interesting stuff. Just throwing that out there. Moving on, do want to talk about the overtime a little bit? hard can, to execute before any we get to overtime can we pause on Logan O'Connor
2: for a second yeah
1: I do you guys want to talk about him on this I know you're gonna talk about him later yeah, too. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah go for no it.
2: so this I just want to talk about relative to this game we are gonna hold off on updating the injury counter uh <laughs> <So until far. laughs> after we talk to Jared Bednar tomorrow Logan O'Connor really weird looking injury yeah um
0: I already I, sent it out put it at zero <laughs> you put
2: it at zero <laughs> no, Lo- Logan O'Connor did leave the game <laughs> for a few minutes um did leave the game for a few minutes, uh, with an injury that we can't really tell what it was. Yeah. It, it, it it's either like a wrist or a leg. One yeah, of the two. He, he very close. <laughs> 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 he gave a guy a shot in the back, and then he definitely he definitely pulled his arm in. And at first, you're like, oh, it's an arm injury. Yeah. Yeah. And then he starts then like the, limping, right? <laughs> and then the next like three strides he takes looks hamstring, and you're like, oh shit. <laughs> But then he takes like two hard strides. He's still kind of bent over, yeah. takes these weird kind of like hops to the bench. It was really weird. But then he's back, you know, five minutes Never later. Never let him know
3: your next so move.
2: What? Never let them know your next move. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he knew exactly
3: what hurt. He just wanted to make everything look yeah, like Yeah. It
2: hurt. yeah. Ah, ah, holding his head a little bit.
1: Actually next level meta right there.
2: Uh but so so we'll see tomorrow.
1: It's, it's tough. Every every little thing. EJ went down in a heap after he took a puck, too. Yeah. Abs are on edge right now when it comes to the injuries. It's tough. Yeah. Yeah.
2: But Well, every okay. little
0: thing is being examined through yeah. a microscope. You're like, oh, I, what's I going have, on here?
2: I have to point out, I did post the the question in Jerry Bednar's response last week, uh, and I may actually have you pull it for our show later, where he specifically sh- calls out, shouts out the training staff and the medical team, how they're the hardest working people in the building right now. They're doing an unbelievable job getting these guys back to health and blah, 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 blah. And I just thought that was so gosh darn funny (laughs) for all the people out there that blame all of these. Like, had Lohuna O'Connor gone to the uh, dressing room with an injury there, it's like that's an insane fluke injury. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or had he stayed out with an injury there? Maybe they need to do more stretches before. <laughs>
1: forget forget a trainer. They need to hire a surgeon to do, like, put Biological steel into these yeah. people's bodies. Yeah, well, their, Wolverine yeah, just, <laughs> style. Alright. <laughs> yeah, I, like yeah. I like where this is headed now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: You just gotta, you gotta figure out the scientists that made Wol- yeah, yeah, that made Logan into Wolverine. Yeah, exactly. yeah. cart, you
0: need a card reader before the games. Yeah, crystal yeah, yeah. ball. Yeah. Make sure everything's gonna be good. If yeah. they say anything's gonna be bad, that person sits.
2: <laughs> Replace your bones with metal, self-healing, and then they're fine. And until the training staff's doing that, I'm blaming them, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Getting back to the overtime,
1: perfectly executed overtime, pretty much top to bottom. The Avs get the puck early. We talked about it on the watch long with Lecky back. The Avs felt comfortable running Miko and Nuke together with Kale instead of a 2D setup. The second line would have been Comfer and Lecky. Yeah, Didn't have to get there, though, because the Avs done did good. Uh, again, Miko, the guy in front of the net. I... I don't have a ton to break down here. Anything, uh, anything you guys want to add?
0: Play runs through Kale McCarr. True. I mean, it's again, this is the IQ level of Kale McCarr. Like he could have walked in and tried to take a top shot, gone top shelf to the right of Bennington, but he doesn't. He sees what's going on in front of him, sees that he's got a a player and Miko Rantanen on the other side of the of the net there. And just makes a really nice shot pass off the pads, gets a weird bounce, hits Miko on the skate.
2: It uh, might have hit the defenseman. I, see, skates. I thought I, I thought Binnington made the stop, and then I thought Miko just stop. kicked it to himself. Yeah, yeah, he made
0: the stop, but I, it,
1: I don't know if he meant I, to. But it hits a skate. Did he kick it to himself? It almost looked like Binnington stops it. It goes off the skate. It looks like it might go off Binnington again, and then yeah. just land in front yeah. of Miko. Yeah,
0: because it was kind of like f- the puck was flopping, yeah. and then he just so slams it in.
2: I, I asked Miko. I'm sorry. A few weeks ago, we talked on the show about it looked like there had been a philosophy change to the abs at three-on-three overtime. I meant to ask Jared about it for like a week, and Megan finally got tired of waiting for me to ask (laughs) and just did it for me because I kept forgetting. So we asked Jared, and he, he said yes, but no. He was like, no, this is something we've been talking about for years, about to focus on possession, but now we're seeing it execute a little bit better. And so I asked Cale McCarr about it a couple uh, nights ago. Russell Wilson is unconscious. Oh, man. Yikes. That was scary to look over and see. Yeah. He was out. Oh, super hard
1: hit. Yeah, yeah he, that's bad.
2: He was out cold. Yeah, do not let that dude stay in the game. Um, <laughs> and And... A couple nights ago, they lose against the Rangers in a shootout, but they held the puck for like 90% of overtime. So yep. I asked Kale after the game, what has changed? What are you guys doing different? And he said, look, we just look at overtime now, it's, it's all possession. We want the puck. Even if you're not generating something, you're tiring out their guys. And he was making the, the, you know, the allusion to, if we have the puck, we can get changes. We are dictating what's happening, and they have to follow what we're doing. And so that seems like what they're really trying to embrace. And you saw it again tonight. And it just, you have, I've always thought, I've hated the conversation about Nathan McKinnon's not a smart player in overtime. I think he's a really smart player. I just think he really likes to push the playoff <laughs> ice. And now that I think this team is saying, Bad take. We're going to slow it down. No, I'm saying not necessarily in overtime. I'm just saying, I think he's a smart player in general. Generally, yes. and, and, and I, I agree. I think but. he he's gotten carried away trying to, Capture that open ice in overtime. And now the team is saying, slow it down. We're all really smart, talented, skilled players. Slow it down and exploit that. And I just love the way that... kill I don't remember exactly the way he said it, but he said something to the effect of, like, we are dictating what's happening on the ice if we have the puck. Yep. I mean, McKinnon is a, like... Alpha male, right? (laughs) You're the worst. I hate you so much. (laughs) Megan, what were you going to (laughs) say? I
3: I was going to talk about Bednar's response to over time, how this is how he's always wanted them to play, because I think the word that I would use for it is cautious. But it's really just about control and forcing the other team to play the way that they'd like to. And so if they're controlling play, controlling possession, they can exit, reset and enter exactly as they'd like, exit again if they don't get the entry that they want. And it's so cautious that Bednar clarified they are not playing for it to go to a shootout. So that's the important distinction that I think is to be made, too, that it's about control. It is about controlling possession, but it's not just to eat up time. There's still opportunities and chances that they're also looking to create completely on their terms.
1: Yeah. So I I think what part of it is is understanding what the quality of a chance is in a three-on-three situation. Because a chance that you look at on -on five-on-five is a good quality situation isn't a very good quality chance at (laughs) three-on-three. At three-on-three, if you're patient, you will get a genuine grade-A chance if you hold on to the puck You want a a 60-40 situation. Right, right. Instead of like, oh, well, you know, you had a little bit of room and you took the shot.
2: So he was talking about young players but I think it weirdly applies to the abs as a whole specifically pertaining to overtime and the little bit of a change we've seen here Jerry Benner was talking about young kids and getting them to play the right way and he made mention of sometimes young players confuse hard work with good play they want to work really hard skate get into the corner and blah. And they want to do all this to show like, hey, look how hard I'm working. But they don't realize they skated themselves out of position yeah. and out of the system. And I think that's maybe what this abs team has is learning now with overtime, has adjusted in their game, is to your point, Nathan McKinnon sees a lane in overtime that, yeah, in regulation at five on five, that's a hell of a lane. You have to take that lane and drive the net. Yep. But you have that lane because it's three on three and those lanes are everywhere not yeah, everywhere right. but, but you know what i'm saying like and so i think they've kind of taken a step back and I, this we had this conversation before mckinnon got hurt we actually were even marveling at how many times nathan mckinnon took the took it back and i just think that they are looking at it a little bit closer of like well shit instead of just taking the obvious lane that is going to present itself 10 times if we slow it down and force them to stay on the ice and play not only are those lanes going to open up, but true scoring right. lanes and scoring opportunities are going to open up going to the net. And I just think it's been, yeah, that like what Jared Bednar told you, Megan, like, no, this has been what we've been trying to do for a long time, but it's just, it's finally clicked with everyone, and they're not just trying to outskill everybody. They're saying, we have the skill, we also have the smarts, hold the puck, and you'll get your chances. Be dangerous. Some of that. Yeah. Some
0: of that too is probably having Jared Bednar has to deprogram these players from backyard pickup hockey because that's three on three hockey and you're just going all the time. If you have a chance, you're going. You're not thinking about possession. So it's really like you've got to learn the system of how to play correct three on three when your whole life you've been playing three on three full
1: YOLO. Sorry.
0: (laughs) Balls out. Like, you know, balls to the wall hockey where it's just like. I'm going to show this kid up, right? Instead of like a more
1: structured hockey,
0: structured game. three on three well, hockey, well, which is not taught. So let's go back when to you're the, younger.
2: Let's go back to the clutch thing, right? And and about the, the the players who who want to be on the ice. Those are typically players that they want to be out there, so they want to make the big play. Yep. Yeah. And again, if you're if you're a player like that, and you get out there, and to your point, plays, you see all that open ice. And your your brain just makes that connection. Oh, I've played pickup before. Like, I've played (laughs) drop-in. Yeah, go, go, go. This is going to be sick. Look (laughs) at all this this ice there is. And when you're a good player like Nathan McKinnon, it's really easy for me to understand why he he makes these plays. It's like, well, why would you do that? To him, it's like I've never not made that play with that much open (laughs) ice in front of me. I would never in my life not shoot that puck. But after now the 10th time of it ripping around the glass – it's, it's clicked to this whole team of like, yes, that's a that's a nice lane you got to the net. Stop, though. We'll get you a better one. Uh, <laughs> as, as we start wrapping the show up,
1: if it's not obvious, Miko Rantan is, of course, getting our king of the game. Uh, the man pulled a hat trick out of nowhere in the last 40 seconds of this hockey game, essentially, uh, to tie it and then ultimately to win it. Again, just wanted to reference... Two of his goals come from him being yes, I am large and you cannot move me out of the net front area. Yeah. Not exactly super high skill, but what was necessary for the abs tonight. Uh, I I don't have a ton else to say. I know we got a su- couple super chats here. Two dollars from vaguely sober, vaguely sober. I can Zagli say word. yeah. I, <laughs> I'm vaguely sober at this point. Uh, a dub for Lil Brizzy. I love it. Heart DNVR. And then $2 from Kevin, who says, The Moose! Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's the month of Miko, as they say, at this point. But <sighs> Evs, take a, Evs take a dub. They're back in the win column. I, I, honestly, it's hard not to feel pretty good about them. You were, you know, razor-thin margin from feeling real bad about this hockey yeah. game, but it ended up okay. Look, this next week, after this game, this should be a
0: week of W's for the Avalanche.
2: Given That's the, the expectation competition?
0: now. Yeah, yeah. kind of. With the competition, yes, absolutely. This should be a week. Maybe Nashville gives you a little bit of trouble mm-hmm. at the end of it.
2: You, you, you need It's a to revenge this- tour. You need to turn this into two or three games. You need to yeah. string a couple together here. And you're right. You have the next couple opponents that you should be able to do it. Nashville, depending on what this lineup looks like. Yeah, in a week
0: you, from now, like it could be
2: if you're getting Rodriguez and helm back, I'm yeah. with you. Yeah. If not, I'm willing to say you want to go two and one this week, get you three mm-hmm. out of four wins, and you're back to feeling much, much, much better, knowing that some help is actually on the way. Uh and then you're feeling good. Alright, like look, it, it just
1: adds up. You drink some moose mosas, the moose comes <laughs> out. <all right>? Mamusa <laughs> Mamousa, is that what it is these days? I love it.
2: I love it.
1: <laughs> uh one final question for the chat and for all of you, but you won't have a good answer except for maybe Megan. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, pressure. If Miko Rantanen were to be a a sailor in Sailor Moon. <laughs> oh my god! Which goodness. one would he be? I'm pushing my microphone.
3: <laughs> sailor Moose. Sailor. Moose. <laughs> yeah, it seems like a really obvious. Fighting really evil easy. by moose light. Okay,
1: you ready for my answer? Look, I'm still on the Houdon train. I, no. I think this guy. I don't know. It's here to stay. I think Mika would make a pretty good tuxedo mask. <laughs> 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 no,
3: Kale. Kale feels M- like tuxedo. I,
1: Mika. Oh, Yeah, Miko has way more of the, but you didn't actually do anything energy. Oh, no. (laughs) Wow. All right. We're going to end the show. We appreciate all y'all hanging out. Uh, Good on. Jesse and Megan, (laughs) that show's going up tomorrow, I assume. So they're recording another pod talking about LOC, around the league, a whole bunch of other stuff. (laughs) Check it out tomorrow here on YouTube. We love you. Like and subscribe. Goodbye. (laughs)